Welcome to the Carry On Podcast. This is your host, Lindsay Rowland. My voice is a little off today, so bear with me. Um, today, we're going to talk about some of the high-profile cases that have been going on in our country. Um, two of the cases they have reached verdicts on, and then the third case um, is Jesse Smollett, and that case is still ongoing. So those are um, what we're going to talk today about the cases and what that means for America. Now, let's start with, I would like to start with Jesse Smollett because that is still currently going on. All right, so a little background on this before we discuss it, um, before we discuss my thoughts on it. All right, number one, uh, Miss Fox, who would have been the prosecutor at the time, um, who decided not to charge Jesse with any crimes, and I believe I believe, if I remember correctly, she he was to forfeit his bond, which I or his bail, which I think was hundred thousand, do uh, some community service, and I believe that was it. Well, then that was reviewed, and now he's on trial again um, for lying, or you know, so-called lying about this incident. So, a few things that Jesse said that have come up um, that have come up currently in the last couple of days is he said that the men that attacked him, he said they were donning red mega hats. Now, what we have since learned is that those were his bodyguards that he paid to beat him up. So that's an interesting one that he claimed that they were wearing red mega hats. Also, he did not provide DNA, which is interesting. And he is quoted as saying, Jesse is... um, I worry about my privacy. I don't even like ancestry DNA. <coughs> Excuse me. So the question would be is why was he not willing to give up DNA? Because I think they probably would have found that the DNA that they that he would have needed to be on his to be on his body would probably not match the story that um, was told by how this was actually a setup. That would be my guess on that. Um, and if you remember the prosecutor, Miss Fox, she was investigated um, for not um, charging Jesse. And I believe, um, I believe I just read this really quickly, but I believe she was actually found innocent by an investigation that she did handle the case correctly. Um, however, there were some extenuating circumstances that questioned why she was still talking to Jesse offline. And some of the behind the scene things, but um, she was found, Miss Fox, to not be in violation of any, any we'll call it prose- prosecutorial uh, duties. So the interesting thing about this case is, well, number one is that it's that they did not initially charge him, but they charged him later, which kind of goes back into the other case of the of Travis McMichael, Gregory McMichael, and William Bryan. Um, from Ahmad Arbery, Ar- I'm sorry, Ahmad Arbery case, where that one was actually a year before any charges were brought. And then we know we'll get into that case in a second. Um, so it'll be very interesting to see what happens with the Jesse case, uh, Jesse Smollett. Um, I would imagine that he will be found guilty of something, if nothing but perjury and uh, lying. And maybe he was telling the truth. We don't know. But that's why we take a look at our justice system. And I do think many times it is fair. So we will be hearing Jesse's story for the next probably couple of weeks. And then we'll see what happens in that case. Um, let's go to now. Let's go to case number two. And like I said before, the the 
people involved in this were Travis McMichael. Um, he's, he was 35 years old. And then his father, Gregory McMichael, is 65. And the neighbor, William Bryan, is 52. Um, and as we know, video evidence played, played a crucial role in this. And if I remember correctly, they did not release the footage right away from the, the shooting. And then they released it, I want to say, six months to a year later. And that's what sort of started the firestorm, again, of putting those guys on trial. Now, so Jackie Johnson, she was the local prosecutor in that case. And I was watching her on the news last night. She lost the bid for the 2020 um, uh, prosecutor's bid. She lost that election um, because she showed, according to the news, that she showed favoritism for Gregory McMichael, who was an investigator in her office. So think about that. The prosecutor on this case, one of the those that was found guilty worked for her. So she should have never taken that case to begin with. And I think she tried to move it over, but still a huge, huge conflict of interest there. So she actually, Jackie Johnson was arrested on the last couple of days and they are investigating her now for, for not doing her job correctly. And I think she'll be found guilty because they waited almost a year before they charged these gentlemen. And I was very happy to see that they got life in jail. Um, I don't think they've been sentenced yet, but they can be sentenced up to life in jail. Um, they were charged with murder and other crimes, hate crimes, attempted kidnapping. And this I'm a little unsure of, um, but I'm pretty sure they fired three shots, but two, two of the shots went into um, Ahmad. So that's interesting because why were they shooting at someone in their neighborhood? If they were that concerned about people coming into their neighborhood, wouldn't it make sense to go up and say, hey, what are you doing in the neighborhood? But to chase this man around with with live weapons. I mean, I'm a veteran. Let's talk about that. Chasing men around in Georgia with live weapons because why? He walked into a house to check out. He probably walked into the house to check it out and say, this is cool. He never stole anything. Um, he just came in and looked around. How many times have you stopped at a home and looked around that's being built? I mean, absolutely ridiculous. So I was really happy to see, um, in this case that they were all found guilty and let's see. And then that case, so that case was originally going on, um, during the George Floyd case last year. So I think, and they said that that played into a lot of the riots with the George Floyd, but how could it not? I mean, you basically hunted a man down in your neighborhood. I, I just can't like, I don't, I can't even say how absolutely insane that is. Um, okay. Let me look at my notes here. Okay, so this was what the, the new prosecutor said. She said, you can't start it and then claim self-defense. So basically, you can't start the fight and then claim that you're defending yourself from someone who isn't even armed. Um, his mother, uh, Wanda Cooper Jones, she was interviewed. And of course, she's ecstatic about um, the verdict, as she should be. Her son is dead. I mean, he was 25 years old. I mean, the, he could have been the next Martin Luther King. We, we don't know, but he's dead now. Absolutely insane. Georgia, you guys need to get it together down there, right? Like, absolutely insane. And then Brian Kemp of Georgia, he's the governor. He wrote uh, that after the, after the verdict was read, I believe it was last week or the week before, he said uh, the path of healing and reconciliation 
he's hoping that this will bring, but how can you reconcile such a horrible, tragic event? Um, it's a devastating, this is also the governor, a devastating reminder of how far we have yet to go in the fight for racial justice in this country. I'm going to say that again. Think about that. If this is a devastating reminder of how far we have to go in the fight for racial justice in this country. Well said, well said, Governor. Now the next one. Okay, so what do we think will happen with Jackie Johnson? I think, like I think I, I said before, I think that she'll be found guilty. And I think if I remember correctly, it's three years in jail she can serve. I wouldn't doubt if she does a couple years. I think we touched on everything there. Okay, let's go to Kyle Rittenhouse. Oh, my Lord. Okay, so Kyle Rittenhouse. Let's first talk about gun laws. So if you you actually look at Kyle Rittenhouse, what he did with the gun, right? He wasn't 18, so he had a friend store it for him. I don't even think it was in his name. It was in his friend's name. And then when he turned 18, he was going to put the weapon in his name and they would go shooting together. But the only time Kyle actually had the weapon was when they would go to the range. So yes, Kyle was wrong to bring it over state lines or wrong in general. But the point being is that if you look at gun laws, he did exactly what he was supposed to do. The gun laws actually worked. Um, And let's talk about the guy that he killed. The guy that he killed was white right? He was a felon and that guy was coming after him. So the, and then I believe the other, the, there was an African-American guy that got his arm shot off and then there was somebody else injured and there, but definitely, definitely that was Kyle Rittenhouse, like defending himself. And then let's talk about that. So everybody else was allowed to show up with guns that day. I mean, registered, unregistered. So why was Kyle Rittenhouse not allowed to have his gun? I mean, he obviously was well-trained on it. He knew how to fire it because he did. I was really, really happy to see Kyle Rittenhouse get off because he he basically should just go join the military now. I would hire him to work for me. I mean, he's obviously a good shot. Now, it's never funny when you kill somebody, so I'm not laughing about killing somebody, but everybody else had guns that day too. And he was going there to protect a business from someone that he knew, one of his father's friends. And yes, it escalated. And yes, it got out of hand, but everything escalated and got out of hand that day. So definitely happy to see the Kyle Rittenhouse. I hope he takes this as a lesson learned and he moves on and does something with himself, like something great. And he, he can't be more than what he's got. to. He was 18. He wasn't 18 yet when it happened. It was a year ago. So he can't be more than 19, 20 years old. Uh, that's that's another very interesting one. And what is interesting about it is how all these cases are going on around the same time. So you have Jesse, you have Kyle, you have um, Ahmad. And it is definitely no mistake that these are all going on around the same time. And it shows how our justice system works. If you remember, um, the prosecutor on Kyle Rittenhouse's case was absolutely insane, out of step, and the judge was continually putting him in line. He did no favors for himself. He was overly aggressive. He was nasty when he was interviewing people. The judge had to call him out all the time. 
So I think if they had had a better prosecutor, that they could have actually convicted Kyle Rittenhouse. But because the prosecutor was so off and so boisterous and so out of line that, and who even knew what jurors we decided to pick? Because, right, remember, I think Kyle even got to pick the jurors out of a hat. Um, so, and then I think one of the jurors requested at the last minute to take a bunch of stuff home that night to reread it over again. And then they came back with not guilty, not guilty, not guilty, not guilty. I think there was four charges. Um, I do sort of fear for Kyle's life though, in some sense. So I hope that, you know, he does have a bodyguard and he does take care of his security because I would imagine that there are a lot of people out there that, well, we all know what he looks like. Um, but there will be a lot of people out there that will be watching him and seeing him. And then I believe he got a probation violation because he was drinking. So I think they actually did put him in jail um, during part of his pretrial because he violated his uh, probation order because he probably was not allowed to drink or you know do drugs or anything like that. Um, so I know that he did have a probation violation going into, um, going into his trial. Uh, yeah, so I think I'm going to stop there, but I just want to make the point that it's interesting, and I hope, America, that you're paying attention to this, that you watch these trials, even if you don't have time to watch the whole trial. You can go to YouTube every night, and you can follow up on the closing arguments and, and whatnot, and I just don't think, this is Lindsay Rowland's opinion, I just don't think that there is any room anymore to not care and to not have an opinion. So when people tell me, I don't know, I don't watch the news, I don't have an opinion, that was a luxury that we lost a long time ago. So if you're not paying attention and you're not watching these cases, I would encourage you to do it. There's high racial tension in this country. White privilege is very real, but we have to figure out as a collective unit how we're going to rise above that. There are opportunities out there for Black, white, Hispanic, women, non-women, um, gay. There are opportunities out there for all of us, and they need to be made readily available to everybody. So I, I do some work um, on Mayor Bowser's uh, Women Veterans Committee, and I listen to their calls, and I'll provide feedback and stuff. But the, the programs out there that Mayor Bowser has in D.C. are immense. But the problem I figured out is that people don't know how to utilize the programs because either homeless people or um, different communities are not aware that these these programs exist, like um, homeless people or uh, we call them displaced people now. They actually have hotel rooms in D.C. for you to go stay, but you have to go through your local shelter to get one of these passes to get the hotel rooms, which eventually turn into vouchers for for an apartment. But if you don't know about this and you don't go through the process and you're homeless and you don't want to go to a homeless shelter where they steal from you, and I'm sure it's not very nice there, um, you know, then you're not going to know that these programs exist. And it's, you know, today in D.C. it's 70, but tomorrow it could be snowing. So it's, I think it's just important that we all have knowledge of what programs are out there. So Mayor Bowser gives veterans in D.C., right, this was for COVID, and then it has expanded now 10 rides per month on the VIA app, and then they roll over. So can you imagine 10 times, and I, had, I have been on it for two years now, you roll that over, how many free rides that is, but if veterans don't know about that program, then they don't utilize it, and then they don't go to the VA, and they don't get their benefits, so there's just so many things that if you are not aware of what's going on and you can't, when you, when you see someone that's struggling and you can't say, Hey, 
you know, there's a food bank down the street that does this, or there's a place to register for your kids to get gifts. Um, or I know this person who wants to donate a gift to someone. I mean, we all have to actively care about each other. So that's my scoop for the, for the day. I hope you enjoy this and please keep watching these trials, watch them, educate yourself on this. Make sure that you know that Gregory McMichael worked for Jackie Johnson. That is huge. If you don't understand that and know that about uh, the Ahmad case, Arbery case, then you don't understand the case and how corrupt it was that she handled the prosecution for him. Okay, guys, you guys have a great day. You can find Carrie on podcasts on all mediums. Make sure you check out Heroes Media Group website. They have great blogs. They have all the other podcasts that Adam Bird um, also does under the Hero, Heroes Media Group uh, network. He also has a new whiskey out, HMG. Um, so a shout out to Adam Bird. And I hope you guys all have a great week. Thank you for tuning in to Carry On Podcast. Cheers.